What is up, everybody? It is time for another episode of Logan's Lowdown. I'm your host, of course, Logan, and it is good to be back in your ears. Welcome to episode 313 of the podcast. A couple of things before we really get going. Do me a favor. We got a lot of social medias, so let's talk about them. You can follow us on Instagram at Logan's Lowdown. You can follow the TikTok at Logan's Lowdown. Or you can follow and or you can follow me at Twitter at Logan Lowdown. No S in there, just Logan Lowdown. And you can follow me on Letterboxd, which if you don't know what that is, Letterboxd is an app, uh, I guess for movies. Um, I guess it's a social media app uh, about movies. It's where people can rate, review, interact with friends, and uh, just share their love for movies. So you can follow me on Letterboxd if you're on that platform as well, at LoganLewis96. Um, and if you like what you hear, please do me a favor and send this show to one friend or family member with whom you go to the movies with someone you already enjoy talking about the fun and crazy entertainment world with. If you're new here to Logan's Lowdown, let me tell you how the show works. Most of the content will be the weekly entertainment update that drops every Monday. Those shows follow this format. We do an intro, like this one, and then we do a couple subtopics of news or conversation, followed by some main topics, which is usually a trailer breakdown, a huge piece of news, um, a top 10 list. Uh, you know the drill. So let's not get... Uh, Let's not waste any time here. Let's get right into it. First topic of the day. Are the Fantastic Beasts movies officially dead? Uh, I don't know, but we're going to talk about it as soon as uh, Cinema Blend wants to load. So thank you for as soon as I get to this topic, Cinema Blend, you crash on me. Uh, but that's just the uh, reality of the situation, and it's just not loading, which is just fantastic. And, you know, uh, I love this when this happens because it reminds me every day that I need a better computer that has more processing power. Um, but no, I have this app MacBook Air, and uh, yeah, I need, I need something better. But, you know, who wants to drop $1,500 on a computer? Not me. Not right now, at least. We'll see what tax season does for us. Um, are the Fantastic Beasts movies officially dead? Newt Scamander himself, Eddie Redmayne, speaks out. And this is an article from Cinema Blend, as I said, and this was published nine days ago. When the Fantastic Beasts movies franchise were, was first revealed, it was set to be something on the same sense of scale on the Harry Potter movies that inspired it. From the outset, the plan was to make not just one film, but a franchise of five stories that would cover decades of the Wizarding World's existence. However, the Fantastic Beast films have not caught on with fans, and there's one big question now if the series will continue after the recently thir released third movie, and at this point, star Reddy Ed Eddie Redmayne knows nothing about any future Fantastic Beast projects. While the original Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was reasonably successful, the sequel, The Crimes of Grindelwald, struggled to find an audience, and the most recent film, uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore, originally delayed significantly because they wanted to take extra time to help the film be more successful, due to COVID, of course, but it did not work, which is, uh, you know, really unfortunate to delay and delay and delay, and then uh, not see any return for it, but... Uh, at this point, we don't know what certainty the future of the franchise is, but Eddie Redmayne's comments to NME would seem to imply another movie is unlikely. He said, quote, I mean, at the moment, there's nothing that I'm aware of. So as I'm aware, it's not something that's on the cards. 
Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore was given somewhat of a conclusion at the end that might have been taken as an acknowledgement that the franchise was not likely to continue. Having said that, there's never been any official statement from Warner Brothers regarding whether or not the two previously planned movies would happen. There is clearly interest at Warner Brothers to move forward with other Harry Potter, like I discussed a few weeks back, and do more with the larger franchise, but that doesn't mean we won't see more Fantastic Beasts. At this point, it certainly seems like greenlighting a fourth Fantastic Beasts would be an unlikely business decision. The last movie made $400 million at the global box office, which may not seem that bad, but those are certainly expensive movies to produce, and it was also over $200 million less earned by The Crimes of Grindelwald, which was in turn nearly $200 million less than the original Fantastic Beasts. That's simply an unsustainable trend. The Wizarding World is still a massive franchise overall. A Harry Potter store has been built in New York. The new epic Universal theme park at Universal Studios Resort is expected to have a Wizarding World-themed area, just as the other two parks have. Although, at one point, it was expected the new land would be themed around the new Fantastic Beasts franchise, and while nothing has been confirmed, most rumors now indicate that that won't be the case. And as with any other franchise ends before its time, there will certainly be fans disappointed, but this one has apparently ended before it told the whole story that it planned. But there will almost certainly be Wizarding World movies again, and perhaps they will fire better. And that was written by Dirk Libby. So, yeah, um, we have discussed kind of this uh, overwhelming sense of nothingness that's going to come from these Fantastic Beasts movies and the fact that it's, of course, rumored that uh, there's nothing going to be uh, happening except for a reboot for Harry Potter, which seems odd, um, like I discussed a few weeks ago. But you know what? If it happens, it happens. I'll be there to see how it goes down. But as of right now, I don't think uh, uh, I don't I don't think it's the move. But maybe let ten years pass, let a whole new generation uh, come up on the books, reboot the franchise then. But for right now, I, th- I still think it's kind of too soon to reboot the franchise. I mean, it was huge, so uh, I, I I don't see how uh, you know I don't I don't I don't see I don't see it. So that is the story there. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's the story. So we're going to move right along here to uh, something that has been buzzing in the media and entertainment world this week. And that is the controversy uh, behind the co-creator uh, of Rick and Morty, Justin Roiland. And this article uh, is from the New York Times. Voice of Rick and Morty leaves show after domestic abuse charges. The animated sci-fi comedy Rick and Morty will recast its title roles after severing ties with Justin Roiland, a voice actor and the show's co-creator who has a pre-trial hearing in April for felony domestic abuse charges from 2020. Adult Swim who is Cartoon Network's nighttime adult programming block, announced on Tuesday that it's ended its association with with Royland. Uh, Rick and Morty will continue, the statement said. The talented and dedicated crew are hard at work on Season 7. Royland has also been removed from the animated Hulu comedy Solar Opposites, according to a statement by 20th Century... uh, 20th Television Animation and Hulu Originals. Uh, he co-created the show, which was renewed for a fifth season in October and voiced one of the main characters. 
Uh, Rick and Morty, which debuted in 2013, follows the antics of Rick Sanchez, an alcoholic mad scientist, and his anxiety-riddled grandson, Morty Smith, as they travel to other planets through uh, crazy dimensions. Uh, Mary Moore, the senior vice president of communications at Warner Brothers Discovery, which owns Cartoon Network, said in an email on Wednesday that the title characters would be recast, but she had no additional information on the recasting. Royland developed the show with Dan Harmon, co-creator of Community, who did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Royland faces one felony count of domestic battery with corporal injury and one felony count of false imprisonment, which I don't really know what means, by menace, violence, fraud, and or deceit against an unarmed woman who is he was dating in 2020, according to Orange County Superior Court records. The charges were earlier reported by NBC News, which said most of the California court records are sealed under a protective order. There's no trial date for Royland, who's 42, who has pleaded not guilty. He has had more than a dozen pretrial hearings, including one this month. Royland's lawyer, T. Edward Wellburn, did not immediately respond to a request for comment on Wednesday. Uh, in a statement to the Rolling Stone, he said, quote, It is hard to overstate how inaccurate the recent media coverage of the situation has been. To be clear, not only is Justin innocent, but we also have every expectation that this is a matter that this matter is on course to be dismissed. In addition to his television departures, Royland recently resigned from the video game studio he co-founded, which released High on Life last month, which I reviewed a few episodes ago. In 2018, Rick and Morty landed a 70-episode renewal deal from Adult Swim that is halfway through. At that time, Adult Swim has the third season... At that time, Adult Swim said that the third season had earned the block's highest ratings ever. And this was written by Maya Salam. So yeah, this is real unfortunate, man. Uh, I mean, of course, if he is guilty and if, if he has done these things, of course he needs to be punished. Of course he needs to serve time for it. But it just sucks that, you know, someone who is responsible for such a fan-loved property is make out there making really stupid decisions and really poor life choices. And uh, hopefully she's okay. Hopefully she gets um, paid out or... You know, however these things end, I, I don't really know, but hopefully she uh, can heal, you know, if, if these things are true, of course. Um, but until we know, we don't know, you know, which sucks because I really liked High on Life and I like Rick and Morty a lot. So uh, it's a bummer, but you know what? Uh, there's bigger fish to, to fry than adult TV animated shows. So um, that's the story there. And we'll move on to our next news topic. And that is the fact that it has been officially announced. We've been in speculation forever, it seems like. But um, Titans and Doom Patrol have been canceled. Uh, and they will end after their current season's run. And uh, James Gunn took to Twitter last week to respond to the questions on what doomed these shows. This is from Bryce Herring at Deadline. James Gunn says, don't blame him for the recent cancellations of Doom Control and Titans. Warner Brothers Discovery has announced that both shows will end with their fourth seasons, offering the two legs of six episodes for a total of 12 shows to close things out. The cancellations were seen by some as part of the changes Gunn and Peter Safran are bringing to DC Studios as they attempt to redevelop its faltering universe. Quote, the decision to end the series precedes us, Gunn said on Twitter, but I certainly wish the best for the talented group of creators, actors, and the rest of the crew that produced both shows. 
This is crazy. Again, also, shout out to Deadline for crashing their site. Jesus. Um, so, let me find out where the hell I'm supposed to go here. Okay, here we go. Gunn posted in response to an angry fan who blamed Gunn and Saffron, saying that they have, quote, a mighty big hill to climb to win the affection of fans. Doom Patrol stars Brendan Fraser, Matt Bomber, April Bowling, Jovian Wade, and Michelle Gomez. Titans had Brenton Thwaites, Anna Diop, Tegan Croft, and Ryan Potter. Quote, the decision... Oh, that's what I just read. Nice. So... That is the story. Nothing crazy here. However, um, yeah, I mean, the shows have been canceled. I just assumed that this was going to happen because of the new DC leadership. Uh, but apparently this was a plan before, which, you know, they needed to be canceled. The shows were mid as hell, uh, especially Titans, especially Titans. Um, Let's move on to our main topic number one now, and main topic number one for us today is the 2023 Oscar nominations. These came out on Tuesday. Let's talk about them. I'm going to read the nominations as best I can, and we will see uh, how it goes. This is an article from Variety. Alrighty, again, with the, with the articles, loving it. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, a twisty sci-fi adventure led the nominations for the 95th Academy Awards on Tuesday morning, picking up 11 nominations. It was followed closely behind by All Quiet on a Western Front, a war one, World War I epic in the Banshees of Hiroshima, Shirin, a darkly comic look at friendship that unfolds against the lavish, uh, the backdrop of the Irish Civil War, both of which con- uh, received nine nominations let's look at the full list of nominees now shall we best picture all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water the banshees of irishiran irishiran i hope i'm saying that right elvis everything everywhere all at once the fablemans tar top gun maverick triangle of sadness and women talking uh, very uh, absent here is the whale uh, just saying and the Batman honestly uh, the Batman if Avatar gets nominated for best picture then I'm pretty sure the Batman should be also uh, best director Martin McDonough for the Banshees of Irishman Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for everything everywhere Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans Todd Field for Qatar and Ruben Ostland for the Triangle of Sadness Again, James Cameron, notably absent from this list. Uh, best lead actor, Austin Butler, Elvis. Colin Farrell, The Banshees of Irishiran. Brendan Fraser, The Whale. Paul Mescal, After Sun. Bill Knighty, Living. Best lead actress, Kate Blanchett, Tar. Ana de Armas, Blonde, which is a joke. Andrea Riseborough to Leslie. Michelle Williams, The Fablemans. Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I really hope she takes that one. Best Supporting Actor, Brendan Gleeson, The Banshees of Irishman, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, Causeway, J- Judd Hirsch, The Fablemans, Barry Keegan, The Banshees of Irishman, K. Hoy Kwan, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Best Supporting Actress, Angela Bassett, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is the first Marvel uh, actor, actress nomination, which is really cool. Hong Chao, The Whale, Carrie Codon, The Banshees of Irishman, 
Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Stephanie Sue, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Best Screenplay, All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick, Women Talking. Sorry, that's a Best Adapted Screenplay. Best Original Screenplay, The Banshees of Ira Sheeran, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Triangle of Sadness. Best Cinematography, All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, Tar. Okay, here uh, we got... Uh, best Visual Effects, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Top Gun Maverick. Best Animated Feature Film, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots The Last Wish, which I really need to see, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. Best Original Score, All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, The Fablemans, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Banshees of Ira Shearman. Best Sound, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. And that is uh, most of the nominations, the heavy hitter categories, that is. So, very excited for the Oscars. Um, Can't wait for those to air. And, you know, I'll be discussing the winners and the losers uh, when that drops. Finally, last main topic of the day. We've got a review for the new Netflix original movie, You People. And uh, I am going to give you a little bit of information about the movie. You People is a 2023 comedy film that was released exclusively on Netflix, directed by Kenya Barris. Kenya is known for her work of... uh, nothing this is her first feature film but on her letterboxd it shows that uh she's tapped to be directing a wizard of oz remake which is interesting and not needed but anyway so this is the first time directorial debut very cool tagline is opposites attract families don't a new couple and their families reckon with modern love amid culture clashes, societal expectations, and generational differences. This movie stars Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Lauren London, David Dushany, Leah Lon, Sam Jay, Molly Gordon, and more. The average letterboxed rating uh, is two and a half out of five stars, and that is based on... 18,000 ratings, and I landed right there as well, two and a half stars, a 73 out of 100. Um, So, this movie had a lot of potential. I was looking forward to it. The trailers made it look hilarious. Awkward racial tension uh, between, you know, a white guy starting to date an African-American daughter. And, of course, meeting her parents, her dad being Eddie Murphy, and uh, vice versa. Her meeting his parents, her his mom being Jewy Louis-Dreyfus. And, uh, yeah, there was a few times I chuckled at the screen here, but uh, this was a very not funny, funny movie. Um, the best part of this movie, if I'm being honest with you, was Eddie Murphy and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. They both really honed in on being the... 
of course, Eddie Murphy coming from being the hard ass of this white guy starting to date his black daughter and, you know, giving him shit for all of the ways in which he lives his life influenced by black culture. Jonah Hill's character hosts a podcast about black culture with a black co-host and uh, Eddie Murphy does not hold back. Eddie Murphy constantly is putting Jonah Hill's character in situations where he's going to lose and a few of them he comes out on top but for the most part Eddie Murphy really just hammers into this guy that it's disrespectful that his daughter is going to be with this guy and vice versa uh, Jonah Hill's mom, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, is trying her best to accommodate and bring in this, of course, new culture to her family, but she's doing it in all the wrong ways, in making off-colored comments, uh, and just, just, just making everything awkward, and both sets of parents do an amazing job. In terms of Jonah Hill, I feel like he was just playing Jonah Hill. He was pretty dull in this. He didn't really drop many jokes that I found very funny. He was on the writing staff, so I I, I could tell it, it seems very immature writing. It, it's Nothing's very deep here. However, there is some payoff at the end. There is some... I, I, I'm the kind of guy that cries at everything, so when characters cries in movies, I cry. So there was a, I teared up at the end. There was a nice little message that they gave and a nice little finale to the movie. However, for the most part, this was a two hour, this was an hour and 58 minutes and it easily, you know, about to say could have been easily an hour and a half. There was a lot of shit here that they could have cut out. But, you know, at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Eddie Murphy did great. I really, really, truly like Eddie Murphy. Also really good timing. I'll talk about this on Wednesday when the newsletter podcast drops, um, but I recently watched Dr. Doolittle, so I've got a nice helping of Eddie Murphy in my life um, right now. So uh, very much so appreciated that, and of course, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is just a gem in anything she's in. And uh, yeah, I mean, it it was fine. I I don't think you need to rush to see this, but if you want to have a movie night at home, uh, you know, order some food in and watch this movie with maybe a few friends, uh, maybe a, a group of people that aren't all, you know, uh, from the same background. Maybe, maybe get a group of people together and see if they all find this funny. I just didn't find it very funny, except for, uh, of course, Eddie Murphy's characters and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. So, um, that being said, this movie earns two and a half stars from me because I enjoyed those dynamics. But for the most part, You People is just a woke rom-com that isn't very funny and is very woke. And if you don't like woke stuff, you're not going to like this. Not like being woke is a problem for me, but it was just overly in your face in this movie. It was like, Jesus Christ, can we move on with this shit, man? Uh, but it didn't. So two and a half stars, 73 out of a hundred, a C for you people. And that has it for this episode. If you have thoughts on these topics, you can do any or all of the following. Follow the social medias. Follow me on Instagram, at Letterboxd, Twitter, and TikTok. Logan's Lowdown, Logan Lewis 96 Logan Lowdown, and Logan's Lowdown, respectfully. Uh, if you like what you hear, again, send this to one entertainment-loving person uh, that you love talking about TV and movies with. If you like written content, I do a bi-weekly newsletter, which I just mentioned, entitled Logan's Lowdown, where I write about all things me. I talk about my personal life, I give full movie reviews, I give streaming recommendations, I talk about what I've been watching lately, comics, Catherine's Corner, best meals, 
rankings and more. Check it out for free. And that's the best part about it is that it's free. It's freaking free. Go to loganlewis.substack.com to read and subscribe. The newsletter drops every other Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also have an audio component of the podcast that I mentioned earlier, and that drops every Wednesday on this same feed uh, that you're listening to this podcast on uh, every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you like the content that I put out and you want more, there's always more. I do another weekly podcast with my two very good friends, Jordan and Matthew, which is called Guys on Tap. We discuss literally anything and everything at the same time, and we have a cold drink while we do so, and it's a ton of fun. That show is available anywhere you listen to this podcast. Also, this handles for social media are uh, at Guys on Tap on Instagram and TikTok. So that's it. Hope everybody has a lovely week. We'll see you on Wednesday for the newsletter episode. See you later. Bye.